This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Grecian's Gossip. I'm joined by Jamie Hawkins and Daniel Clark. Hi, guys. Hi, Stu. Hi, Dan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very quiet there. <laughs> um, okay, then, chaps. Let's start by looking back at the game against Forest Green um, on Saturday. It ended the 11 match unbeaten run. Disappointed with the result, Jamie? Yeah, it was just a disappointing day, wasn't it? Um, Forest Green played well, to be fair. I thought they really good. They made a strong start to the season. I know they've drawn a lot of games, but I think they're going to be up there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Um, I just felt we were sort of doomed before the game really started, really, having seen the, the team sheet. Obviously, there's a, a a sickness bug going around and a couple of injuries. Um, so I kind of felt, from looking at the team, it wasn't going to be a, a great day. Um, for me, I just felt we missed... Boating so much in in midfield, there was just no creativity in there at all. Um, you know, Fort and Stockley were virtually absent for for most of the game, but I don't think that was their fault. I don't think the service was was good to them. It was just long balls punted up, you know, a few yards ahead of them. Um, and you know, when you've got Jordan Tilson and, and Jake Taylor in centre midfield, that doesn't cry out creativity for me it's um they're two quite similar players for me really they you know get stuck in and and clear lines and 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 that's about it really um so yeah it was disappointing i mean i have to say forest green's goals were excellent for me yeah. the first goal was brilliantly cut in and you know, off the off the crossbar and um the second one it just obviously i was at the big bang so he just ran and just shot and it went in it's like oh that happened and yeah. it was just a a flat performance um, obviously it had been a long week you know on the back of um, two you know games and midweek games I think Stu you said before a thousand miles or something yeah just covered. short of a thousand miles up to Grimsby and Crawley so yeah so can you use that as an excuse though because Matt Taylor never uses that reason does he because you know Exeter used to aren't they let's face it um but you know, I mean, it could have been a lot worse for me in terms of because other results seem to go Exeter's way, Lincoln losing, and um, you know uh, Newport dropping points as well. So it wasn't the end of the world, but it is worrying, you know, because obviously Boateng's going to be up for a while. Where City go from there in terms of midfield? Yeah. Well, before we come on to that, um, Dan, it was just a disappointing day all round. I mean, there was so much excitement around the place before the game with the new stand opening and everyone you know taking the opportunity to go and have a look at it and what have you typical city really I remember when they opened the big bank I don't know if you remember back and I think it was before a game against Darlington and City went and lost 4-0 <laughs> that day so it was shades of that really yeah it's just uh, 
it sort of very much felt like a pre-season friendly kind of performance from Exeter. There was just no sort of you know urgency in anything they did. There's sort of no sort of fight or anything. It sort of they just went behind and you know you normally expect a, a bit of a comeback or you know pressure on the opposition goal or creating a few chances, but there was just none of that really. And I, you know, I was sort of thinking throughout the game, it's hard to actually sort of other than Nicky Law hitting the post in the first half, you know, not even any chances that they created, let alone, you know, not even shot 30, you know, shots from 30 yards mm. or, you know, headers from crosses or anything. It just created nothing throughout the whole game and gave, you know, Forest Green nothing to worry about. I and mean, they did look a decent side, but it's, I think they're hard to judge exactly how good Forest Green were, but they were just so bad on the day, sort of, you know, similar to the you know, reverse of the Notts County game, which obviously Exeter won f- that one five one, but Notts County was so terrible that yeah, it's unclear how good Exeter really were that day. And but you know, there sort of just there seemed to be a you know the midfield was sort of completely non-existent in the mm. game. But I'm not sure whether that's quite because the midfield was so bad that the defence decided to smash everything twenty yards over Stockley and Fort's head and give them no chance or they just didn't trust them to pass them the ball and felt that was the only way to do it but it was just I think a, a game in which pretty much everyone had an off day at, and there, and you know you can cope if one or two of them are you know, slightly below par for games but when there's seven or eight who have the, their, their below par game on the same day then yeah, you don't have much really, chance yeah and you know sort of it just never really got going at all and it sort of just felt very flat throughout the whole game not just on performance but in the stand as well it was obviously the new stand had opened it was you know a bumper attendance nearly 5,000 biggest of the season and I can't recall the big hearing anything from the big bank all game it sounded you know obviously we're the other side of the ground but it did sound pretty much silent we'll blame Jamie for that yeah throughout the whole game while the Forest Green fans were the only ones making any noise from the start I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the team the benefit of the doubt. I just think, I know Matt Taylor doesn't want to use it as an excuse, and I did put it to him post-match, actually. I said, you know, with all the travelling that's happened, the sickness and all that sort of thing, you must be glad of a rest. And he's like, yeah, we are, but we're not going to use it as an excuse. You know, there is a, a no-excuse mentality with Matt Taylor. But I just think a 1,000 miles, and when you're travelling on that coach in a confined space, you've got a sickness bug going around, it's, it kind of, you know, yeah, everything just seems to conspire at the same time, especially with... The injury to uh, to Hiram as well. So talking about Hiram, how do we get by without Hiram? It sounds as though it's going to be six to eight weeks at least. Yeah, it's it is a worry, isn't it? Um, yeah, we just missed someone deeply on Saturday. Just someone to to grab the ball in the middle and make something happen. Just drive. We know, yeah, we know what sort of players Tilson and Taylor are. They just get you know they get stuck in and. Um, you know they can make some great tackles and interceptions, but you just need someone who can drive the team forward. And Boateng, as we've seen many times, has done that. He can go perhaps missing sometimes, but you know he can make a lot of things happen. Um, he's got to look at that goal against Lincoln in yeah. the playoffs. You know that sums him up perfectly. Well, I think um, he's got the most assists in league, or he did up until the weekend, the most assists in League Two, which oh, okay. I didn't underlines know that, that his, says it his influence exactly. Yeah. I mean. I guess one option would be perhaps to bring Nicky Law back into the centre because obviously he's been playing out on the left wing. He's been doing well there um, lately, but that, there's always that option because he is 
you know, naturally a, a centre midfielder. Um, Stu, we said before we came on about Archie Collins because, you know, we saw how impressive he was against Ipswich in the, the Cowboy Cup this season when he came on and just drove the team forward, made some adventurous runs, which were basically non-existent on Saturday. So perhaps give him a chance, you know, disappointed that he didn't come on, like we said, why he, Craig Wibham was brought on um, with the game seemingly over. Um, so yeah, perhaps give one of those guys a chance, um, because for me, Tilson and Taylor in, in centre midfield isn't going to work for me. More. Yeah. Dan, what would you do? I, I would... I would expect Tilson and Taylor to start in the centre midfield on Saturday, particularly given it's you know the, the Tranmere away. It's a tough game. You might want a bit more defensive solidarity in there, and then he's going to have to sort of perhaps try and experiment a little bit more as to what the best way to do. I think does Tilson and Taylor doesn't look like it works in an offensive sense as a partnership at all. But I think from the start of the season, we've I've, I've always felt we're light. They're light in centre midfield. They've only not got enough numbers there I think they were you know sort of realistically three or four players with tops there and obviously one out for a few months of, you know, which now you know sort of makes him Nicky Law I mean he could play in the centre of midfield but actually didn't look wasn't any better than Tilson or Taylor when he was moved in there for about half an hour on Saturday and whether that then that sort of potentially leaves you even more open in that defence or on the wing if you're sort of playing Holmes and Martin out wide then you've got mm. two natural wingers plus an attacking midfielder in the centre of midfield and that's arguably too many attacking players in the side so whether he, whether he thinks that's an option Archie Collins has done the job there in a couple of games obviously it's very different in some of the you know cup games under 23 games to to lead two but he's shown enough that he must might be worth you know, a try I'd expect definitely in the, the Checkatory Trophy tie in a couple of weeks time him to play in there and you know, that will be his real chance to, you know, to show that he can do it long term but I'm imagining Tilson Taylor probably will be the, the go-to partnership for the time being and you might with an element of having just you know Matt Taylor wants to play attacking and exciting football but if you don't have the players to do it, you've almost got to just yeah. sacrifice that a bit, try and be solid in the midfield and you know, find other ways to get goals. It might be you have to, you know, bring Nicky Law in there as a as a three and then play a four three three. Sort of a four yeah, which may, you know, sort of either, you know, fork out wide or possibly, you know, have to, you know, leave it just to Stockley up front on his own and, you know, out two out and out wingers pushing higher up the pitch as a way round it. But because there's not a, a light-for-light replacement for no. in the squad or anyone who can play that kind of role. And, you, you know, we sort of felt that's that's a position they were light at the start of the season. And it might be that you've got to start looking, you know, for whether well, there are any three agents around or someone to, to bolster the centre midfield in, in January. Because, yeah. you know, if he is still out or looking further forward anyway, I mean, if, if Exeter do get promoted as... Yeah, well, I think we hope they can. They will do, and they look like they're in a position they can do. Then you're going to have to strengthen the centre of midfield for League One anyway, because I don't think Tilson and Taylor, at the moment, would you know would be a, a partnership you'd want to see in that division at all. Yeah. I think we've had these <coughs> this conversation before about um, the defence. You know, I think we were sort of discussing how we might struggle with Troy Brown being outfit for quite a while because I think. 
we can agree he's probably City's best defender. Um, but you know, you've got Aaron Martin and Luke Crowley who formed such a strong partnership. So as downbeat as perhaps it sounds about the midfield, you know, bring someone else in and it might, you know, work wonders, who knows? Yeah. Um it would just be interesting to see what sort of team Taylor plays on, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I wonder as well if he'll maybe sacrifice playing Jake in the middle and, and perhaps move him to the right in order to bring Nicky Law into the middle of midfield and play him alongside Jordan Tilson yeah. with uh, either Holmes or, or Martin on the wing. Yeah, I'd but, happily swap that because, you know, obviously Taylor is predominantly a, a winger, isn't he? And then Taylor brought him into the centre because, you know, he said he wants his captain to be yeah. in the centre midfield. And for me, it just hasn't really worked at all this season so I'm not sure we're getting the best out of Jake at the moment in the middle of midfield no no so. I mean I don't know sort of it's the kind of thing I don't really think he's he's been bad this season it's just he's not really I think pretty much every game he's sort of been a, a 6 out of 10 at best which mm. it's not necessarily you know, a bad thing but you I can't recall one game in which he's I've come away from thinking you know Jake Taylor really dominated that game and you know he had a, a brilliant performance he's just sort of been a sort of a plateaued level of sort of you know quite you know an average kind of level, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but he just hasn't sort of you yeah. Know, I, I, I think it's I because we've had an eight out of ten in the ratings yeah. at all this season when he he had you know he has done the past out wide. Yeah, exactly. I think we expect a lot of Jake because, as you say, last season and the season before, I think he's had some some really good games for City, but he just doesn't seem to have that same creative influence as perhaps he's had. In years gone by, on and on the, the pressure is going to be put on you being captain. Being as well. captain, yeah. I suppose he's, you know, in the previous seasons they've had <coughs> other creative players, sort of, you know, the likes of Ryan Harley around, yeah. or who could, you know, or Ollie Watkins going back in the season further, who would actually do the creative stuff, and you can sort of set them up and you know work alongside them. And what you know, if they're not in the team, then you know you've got different kinds of players who aren't gonna you know pick passes out or you know beat five players in in one run and. All of a sudden, you know, then becomes a diff- you've got to play a different way because yeah. you know doing what you were doing last season with the same player, you're a different set of players who have different strengths isn't going to work. No, absolutely. So um, it looked as though we were going to go down to a two-nil defeat before that rather bizarre goal in in injury time. I mean, it, it kind of summed up the game for me really because it was just a, a long ball forward looking for Jaden Stockley over hit. <laughs> he just thought he was going to go through to the goalkeeper and he took his eye off the ball and. All of a sudden, there's a, a, a cheer from the big bank, and it's in the back of the net. Did you guys see it? Uh, no, 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 I didn't either. I was either on my phone or chatting to a friend, and then suddenly you just hear a cheer. Um, <laughs> Have you ever seen a goal like that before? No, it's just so bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, we've seen goalkeepers make mistakes, you know, air kick or the ball goes through their hands, but because it was so far away, just the clearance um, yeah I mean there was not really much pace on the ball was there either no, was Aaron Martin must have been sort of embarrassed in the way it, yeah, it just sort of sums up how City have played the, 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 you know, the goal is a, it's, a, it's a fairly simple ball he's got to play forward and he's overhit it by 10-15 yards and <laughs> no one has chased after it anyway to even you know, try and put some pressure on them it's not got you know, even if they do it's not got the pace to, to you know it's just going to hold up and the keeper's going to come out to it and it's sort of, you know, obviously it's an absolute howler from the goalkeeper, but you sort of have the sense throughout the whole game he was dodgy and you could get at him, but... He wasn't tested, was he? He didn't have any shots. At, no. He, they gave him nothing to do all game, and, yeah, sort of, you sort of... I wonder, I don't know what they're sort of thinking afterwards. He could have, you know, 
got three more, three or four shots on target. One of you have spilt one of them, and yeah, really got really got something out of that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, the under 18s played last night against Plymouth Argyle. Always nice for City to beat Argyle, of course, and they won three two with a hat trick from Lewis Wilson. Very good hat trick as well. But it was a very good all round team performance um, from the kids. There's you know, as we keep saying, that this conveyor belt of talent that City have got, it, more evidence last night of plenty of good players coming through. Fantastic to see. Um, obviously, Stu, you're out of the game, so you'll know more about it than perhaps me or Daniel. But, you know, Lewis Wilson obviously getting the hat trick and Jay Stansfield as well. I mean, that's just fantastic to mm. see, isn't it, for him to be doing so well. And, and Stu, you sort of saw similarities to, to Adam yeah it was it was strange watching really but strange in a good way because as I say as you know you and I were chatting earlier Jamie and it was like watching a young Adam Stansfield all over again you know the way he runs the way he his, his sort of demeanour on the pitch the way he played chasing things down and running around full of energy it was just like watching Adam all over again my, my only concern with Jay is that there's so much expectation on him you know there's this real romantic notion that he's going to come through and take the number nine shirt and all that sort of thing and you know I, I really really hope that he does but I don't think we should place too much pressure on him and just hope that we can let him develop and become the player that Jay Stansfield is you know not another Adam Stansfield that that type of thing but yeah he was fantastic last night and w when you consider as well he was playing he's only 15 and he's playing against lads that are a year or two years older than him I thought he held himself really really well caused the Argyle defence all sorts of trouble as did, as did Lewis Wilson but they weren't alone, you know, there were so many good performances throughout the team, really. Yeah, I mean, the under-18s of the last two or three seasons have had a really strong record in the league and won, I think, yeah, more games than they've lost. And, you know, you sort of, you, you sort of every so often season, you sell, someone gets sold on and you sort of think, well, who's the next on the list? It's surely there can't be another one. And then two months later, you know, yeah, you've got two or three players who it could, you know, could be, I think, you know, if they keep winning games and keep, you know, picking up form, then eventually you're going to have to, you know, they're going to keep the conveyor belt of players coming into the system, coming into the team. You know, you know, if they if they're really good, they get sold on to a bigger club and you get money. If they're, you know, not mm. quite at that standard, then you've got someone who can play for the club for, you know, seven eight years until someone better comes along Absolutely. and takes their spot. So it's you know, obviously that you know they've put a lot of investment into the youth team. Youth team, not all the clubs. You know, in this area, have done so. Some of them have scrapped their youth team, and you can sort of see the benefits of, of keeping it because it's players coming through. It's you know, you, you're you're cherry picking the best talent in the southwest. Really, I mean, they yeah. you know they've got a hit next. They've got a history of bringing you through young youngsters. So if you're you know if you're a parent and you've got a child that you know is good at football, then you've only you've got a choice as where to take them. Then yeah, you can only just look at what extra city are doing and think well that's the club I want them to be at not some of the others yeah I totally agree with that and I thought that was there was evidence of that last night obviously you'd, you'd, you'd imagine Argyle being a bigger club would have arguably a better youth team but I thought in the first half especially City was so much better than them especially the sort of the second half of the first half where they got most of their goals but they just seemed camped in the Argyle half and Argyle would, just didn't look at the same level you know some of the football they played I, I've got to give reference to some of the players Joe Belston at right back I thought was fantastic he played as a wing back because City played with three centre halves last night Jordan Dyer at centre back was fantastic James Dodd centre midfield every time he got the ball he just ran at the Argyle defence and they just couldn't, couldn't cope with him really 
and then of course um, Jay and Lewis Wilson up front the two of them as I said earlier just cause the Argyle defence no end of problems so you know Dan you mentioned two or three players earlier on but it, last night it was a case of five six seven of them that really mm. stood out it's fantastic so to see cause it I is absolutely lately we've you look at the City youth and I think for me the two players that stand out would be Archie Collins and, and Jack Sparks um, but it's great to see that most of the team coming through are developing and you know, hopefully Matt Taylor I'm sure he would have kept an eye out I don't know if he was at the game last night but he would have been made aware of the performances so I'm sure he'll be um, keeping an eye on them perhaps bringing them into the the first team squad um, soon regarding <coughs> injuries and, and, and illness um, Stu obviously on Saturday the, the team was slightly depleted um, is there any sort of update at all? I mean, obviously this is film recorded before yeah. the uh, the press course. Matt Taylor have more inf- info, but um, is there any sort of latest? Um, I think Christie should be okay for Saturday. Speaking to Matt after the game, that wasn't an illness or a bad injury with Christie. He rolled an ankle in training on Friday. Pretty much the last thing that happened in the the final training session, which is so often the case. Um, he did have a fitness test before the game on on Saturday. In, he just wasn't quite ready to play so I think given a week's rest Christie should be back in contention Lee Holmes was struck down with the sickness bug so hopefully he'll be over that now whether it's passed on to anybody else or not we don't know so um, as you say I'll, I'll find out from Matt later on this afternoon I thought it was quite interesting actually actually, that they took the players down onto the beach earlier this week and had a couple yeah. of training sessions on the beach I think it would do them good just to get out into the fresh air and you know, hopefully get rid of the germs and yeah. Blow the cobwebs away, as they say. That's what um, Exeter Chiefs do, isn't it? Pre-season, yeah. always go down to Exeter. So. But it's a great facility to have on your doorstep, yeah. isn't it? You know, who needs a nice bath when you've got the sea? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose the Chiefs tend to do it when it's a little bit warmer yeah. they, in the summer rather than sort of cold November mornings. But, you know, it's, you know, it's a change of atmosphere, change of, you know, change of signal. training and, yeah. you know, it's been cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so finally then guys Tranmere at the weekend they've really impressed me this year they've had a cracking start to life back in the football league long trip tough test James Norwood <laughs> yeah say no more um, no it's just the, how many teams have we seen that get promoted from the conference or national league and always do well in league two yes apart from Macclesfield well yeah of course <laughs> but I think there's would, always an exception to the rule I think they were doomed before they went up didn't they yeah it's amazing what they've done on such a tight budget. Yeah, but yeah. Listen, yeah, they put five past Crawley last weekend. Um, James Norman's the lead two top scorer, ten or eleven goals. I think he's got. Um, so he'll probably fancy himself against his, his former club, of course. Um, it was a shame it never really worked out for him at, at Exeter, but it was just such a huge step up for him, wasn't it? Yeah. To, I think there are a few question marks about his attitude at the time yeah, as well. Yeah, I think so, that's, that's I mean, obviously he came from, from Eastbourne Town and I was actually yeah. at Eastbourne U- University at the time. And oh, really? I knew, you know, when you, 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 a couple of people were playing the, in the team and they just could not believe that Exeter City had come in and, and signed him. It's just at that stage it sort of was a was such a huge jump up and, you know, obviously you know, he has developed into the player that, you know, he's, he is at the moment. But I don't think anyone at the time would have or who was playing in the team with him had, you know, would have expected him to be making a career out of the mm. of the football league. So it was just a, it seemed an odd signing to make at the time, and it didn't work initially. But he's obviously knuckled down and gone away and learned his trade and, yeah. and come back as I think the player Exeter rather ambitiously hoped he would have been 
at the time when you know, he wasn't there at that level, you know, when Exeter signed him. But he's you know, he, whatever he's done, he's he's knuckled down. He's turned into a, a really good lead two striker, and you know, Tranmere I think will probably be, you know, expecting a bid to come in for him in January. I imagine you know, if he keeps keeps scoring goals the way he is, then you know, League One or Championship clubs are gonna, you know, be taking a closer look at him. Yeah. And, you know, trying to you know poach him off their hands, but I suspect you know given didn't really work for him at Exeter, he might you know sort of you know be looking to you know, to prove a point to the city and sort of saying well, you should have kept stayed with, with me. me in the first. Yeah, well that was the thing, wasn't it? Because he uh, he played six or seven games, I think, in a two-year spell. I remember his debut actually. He came on as a sub up at Leeds yeah, and looked really really so. good, but it just never really happened. And of course then he went on to Forest Green and started plundering goals for them, and his yeah. career really kicked on and, and took off I think that's perhaps what should have happened in hindsight because going from Eastbourne to making yeah. a debut at Leeds he must have thought it's a dream come true <laughs> Roy the Rovers stuff yeah but I think he perhaps did the right thing to step back down to the, the conference and he did well at Forest Green and now he's seems to be settled at, at Tranmere um, you know he helped him get promoted obviously last season and made such a strong start to to lead to this season so um, but yeah it's going to be a really really tough Tough game. I'll definitely take a, a point now if yeah. you, you offered it to me. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Exeter respond to, to last week. Like we said, how they they line up because um, you know obviously the midfield needs work on. I'm sure Taylor's probably thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And he has been all week and working on training, and you know hopefully we'll get a, a good point um, going into the the FA Cup the following week. Yeah, um, which is going to be tough as well. Yeah, that four at home is not a mm. glamorous tie, but it'll be tough. But um, chance oh, for revenge. Blackpool keep having players sent off in yeah, the last true. two or three games, then it's going to be a little bit easier for extra yeah, suspensions maybe. and people unavailable. But yeah, the goals are just dried up for City a little bit at the moment, though, haven't they? You know, yeah. I think we can put some of that down to Botang. Yeah, yeah, it's worrying because there was a previous foul earlier in the season when they didn't score for. A while and um, yeah, obviously, don't know how many games that is now. Obviously, you scored at Crawley, but um, yeah, yeah. is a concern. even the goal against you know we spoke about the goal against Forest Green. It was a complete freak <laughs> yeah. out, wasn't it? Really, yeah, I mean, so. even the goal at Crawley is one that you sort of when you first see it on the highlights, you sort of think, well, this surely can't be the goal. It's just, yeah. just punt forward, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden Lee Holmes heads the ball on the halfway line. There's He's no one anywhere near him. You sort of think, well, how, how is that? You know, if you're the Crawley manager, you'd be thinking, how on earth have you allowed yeah. that to happen? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, they need to, you know, sort of, whether it's just, you know, trying to grind out a couple of results when they're not fully fit, but they did, you know, the last few games, they haven't looked as good as an attacking force as they did perhaps earlier in the season. So there's got to be a, you know, a way of you know, working yeah. around that or just trying to, you know, whilst you're not playing free-flowing football, you've got to, you know, your set pieces have got to be on top form, and you've got to hit. You know, when you get chances to get balls in the box, you know, make sure you don't hit the first man, or you know, take. You know, you can't afford to be wasting chances mm-hmm. if you're not creating that many. I mean, that's the one thing I would say is um, it took two cracking goals to beat us on Saturday. You know, I don't think James Hammond could have done anything about either goal really. So, the team are generally still defending pretty well. Yeah, Heyman played. Well, he didn't have an awful lot to do really. His kicking no. was quite strong I thought um, I think he, in the first half he sort of parried a, a shot which perhaps he could have held but other than that he didn't have anything to do um, so it was a pretty strong performance from him but obviously like I said if you expect Christie Penn to come back in yeah. on, on Saturday 
Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to to see what happens on Saturday. It's it's going to be a a tough game, but you know, I think if you offer Matt Taylor a point out, he would take, take it. it. Yeah, I mean, with Tramere sixth in the league as well, it's um, absolutely you know, they say they're going well. Predictions? I'm going to go for a Tramere win. I think they'll win two now. <laughs> Sadly. Um, no, I'm Are you going to go with the heart or the head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think City will bounce back in, in, in some way. I'll go for a one all draw. Yeah, I'm going to say we're going to sneak a 1 0 win. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Right, that's all we have time for this week. Jamie, uh, Dan, thanks very much for joining me on the podcast. We'll be back again next week with more of the same. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.